0: This is What Do You Do Exactly? I'm Jamie Maglietta. At the end of 2022, there were layoffs across media and entertainment, hitting CNN, The Washington Post, and Gannett, just to name a few. I was a part of the wave. I was laid off. In the new year, we've also seen layoffs at Amazon and Twitter. Despite the cuts, NPR's Scott Horsley writes, The U.S. job market closed out 2022 on a high note. On January 6th, his article was headlined, the U.S. job market is still healthy, but it's slowing down as recession fears mount. The potential recession and unfolding layoffs is why I wanted to focus this episode on crafting a career that makes you happy. When facing uncertainty, it's good to start identifying what you love or dislike about your job or career. In a discussion with Listful Living author, Paula Rizzo, we talked about the importance of making lists. Our advice to those who lost jobs or really wanted to prepare in case they were laid off was start to list things out. Besides identifying what you like or dislike, you also need to jot down things that you wish you could have done more of or did less of in your job and in your life. Knowing what makes you happy is essential when figuring out that next step. Our next guest is LinkedIn's top job search expert, Caitlin Richards. She's been posting about why it's important to find your happiness. And recently, by the time this is um, posting, it'll probably be within a month or two of this airing, she posted about her husband being laid off and the impact it's had on her family. So I'm really excited to have her join us now, talk about that and her career. So with us now is Caitlin Richards. She is a 2022 top 25 job search expert um, at LinkedIn, well, on LinkedIn. She's a career coach and a personal branding strategist with her business, Crafted Career. Hi, Caitlin. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. So um, because of this podcast being labeled, what do you do exactly? I must ask, when you meet people for the first time, how do you describe what you do? I just
1: tell people I hang out on LinkedIn a whole lot. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I identify as a career coach and now uh, a personal branding strategist, which wasn't necessarily my title when I first started my business, but is something that I claim loudly and proudly now. I love helping people build out a
0: meaningful personal brand. So, what does that mean exactly? Like, what is your day to day like? Yes. So the beauty of owning
1: your own business and being a coach is that every day looks a little bit different. I will say the consistent factor for all of my days is that they are anchored in LinkedIn and in creating content on LinkedIn, in um, engaging with job seekers and just other community members, getting to meet people, have conversations, whether that's through messaging or having virtual chats, things like that. Um, Definitely anchored in LinkedIn. But other than that, I would say it consists of coaching sessions Mm -hmm. with my clients. um, And it consists with with really trying to stay up to date with what's going on currently in the job search climate. Because as we both know, (laughs) it, you know, can change drastically, even from, you know, month to month. So the beauty of being a career coach and having, you know, so many different career coaching friends um, and just knowing people in the community is we all actually come from varying backgrounds and our stories are all a little bit different. Mm -hmm. The commonality that we have is a desire to partner with those who are in the midst of the job search. Right. So in terms of skills, you know, every coach approaches the way that they design, you know, their coaching interactions or their coaching programs a little bit differently. But obviously you need to want to get to spend time with people and with individuals, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's in group coaching sessions or one-on-one, being willing to come alongside and I think have a lot of empathy and compassion and understanding of the job search experience and what that entails is going to be really crucial.
0: Yeah yeah you know and i think what else stood out about your your posts is also that you bring that passion that passion to your role that you want to help people you know you're offering some type of value so why don't you tell us how you got into this role like where were you before you were a recruiter correct
1: i was i was but i'll back up even further so i started my career in the uh higher education arena so i worked with college students Um, There was a lot of things that I really enjoyed and loved about working in higher ed, I got to do a lot of informal coaching in that setting, but my favorite thing that I got to do was help oversee hiring processes. So both for professional staff and also paraprofessional staff where the students mm-hmm. just loved everything about that, getting to lead interviews and you know um, just discern you know, who, who was the best match for, for what the job was. And so I kind of naturally from there pivoted into the recruiting and talent acquisition world. And you're right, that is where I spent the majority of my career was working with job seekers on that front Once again, got to do a lot of informal coaching of helping job seekers understand the role, how to best position themselves and present themselves, kind of coaching them um, as they prepared for interviews, helping them with their resumes, things like that. Um, But the reality of working as a recruiter is that at the end of the day, you're working for the hiring manager. And the hardest part about being a recruiter was having to pick up the phone and call the candidate or the candidates that that didn't get the role and be you know one of the people to deliver that news for them and thankfully um you know for better or for worse i was also let go so i know what that experience is like um in the midst of the pandemic and it gave me this opportunity to really step back and reflect and kind of all the things you were talking about at the very beginning of the intro of this podcast right getting to ask myself those questions. What do I want to do more of? What do I want to do less of, right? Like what are my values and what do I really want? And partner with a career coach to kind of help ask those questions who looked right back at me and said, have you thought about career coaching
0: <laughs> as an option? It's like I came um, to you for advice and now right. I'm like, you,
1: want me to do- <laughs> you want me to do what you're doing? But <laughs> um, it was great. It was a fabulous, light bulb moment. Of you're right. If I look back on on the things I'd done up to that point in my career, it kind of culminated in the the potential of of being a career coach. And so that's what got me started
0: and launched on this journey. Just speaking of that moment during COVID, and you decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm laid off. I'm now going to take to LinkedIn. I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna create my own business. I'm gonna give it my all. Yeah. You really gen- generated a strong following. I mean you have you're like an influencer status right in the oh gosh, in the I don't know the <laughs> LinkedIn community. Oh,
1: man. Like how that does that crazy? feel? Yeah, I mean it feels surreal because at the end of the day I don't really you know you don't know but you are. So <laughs> What's so funny is most of my you know good good Closest friends um are not on LinkedIn, and so it's so funny to me because to them, right, I'm I'm just like normal, normal human, and then you meet other people on LinkedIn, and they're like,
0: "Oh my goodness, I've seen." Well, life. see, that's the thing; <laughs> they're they're looking at your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, which I don't even do anymore. <laughs> but they don't know like, what you got on LinkedIn. You know, if they like knew what you got followers. on LinkedIn, they'd be like, "Oh, hello." <laughs> Um, But, you know, but that's, that's, you know, during COVID, we had that time, right? You really did have that time to commit to really make this work. When you launched, how did you come about with your name and getting it started?
1: Yeah, great question. So when I was pondering, you know, my own business and what did I want to call it? My whole, the whole thing that I kept coming back to was I wanted to help people be really intentional with their next career move or their future career moves in general. I think so many of us, and I, you know, I think early in the career, my my career, this was true too. We allow our careers to happen to us Mm. rather than being very, very, um, yeah, intentional and specific and forthcoming with where we're headed Mm. and not that we need to know when we're in college, you know, exactly what it is we want to do for the rest of our lives, but even with each move, right? Just saying, oh, well, this is what happened to fall into my lap or whatever it might be. So I kept coming back to that concept of intentionality mm. and the word crafted just kept coming to mind and kept resonating this idea of like, you know, when we craft things or we think about like craft beer or, you know, craft whatever, it's it's something that's done with um, with a lot of heart and it's kind of an mm-hmm. art. And wanting people to get to feel that way.
0: But it also takes time.
1: It takes time amen yes <laughs> does
0: not happen overnight <laughs> she's creating beer careers here guys yeah apparently <laughs> fine wine careers <laughs> or craft coffee craft whatever <laughs> your beverage of choice <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know we're talking to caitlin Richards. she is the owner of crafted careers she's a career coach and consultant and uh, you know it's a great time to be learning more about what we need to be doing to find the career of our dreams Either in media, or entertainment, or really anywhere. Um, it's all applicable. Um, you know, so another reason I felt like you would be an excellent guest for this conversation was the fact that your husband was recently laid off. The fact that you had been laid off too also really folds into just the situation yeah. that so many people are faced with right now. Yep. You know, I was laid off in August, but I know that wave is continuing. So some people are are waiting for their last day, you know, right now, or are facing their last day coming up um, in some cases. And that really does add a lot of stress to your home life. But the fact that you had gone through it, and now your husband is going through it, how have you two been coping
1: yeah great question. And I think just as is true for anyone that's walking this situation, some mm-hmm. days are easier than others. The job search is always going to be a little bit of a roller coaster and I shared about this in a piece of content I, I think what I said is even a career coach is not immune to these feelings of you know anxiety or worry or feeling overwhelmed by it. Because at the end of the day, we will never have hundred percent control over a job search experience. There's always gonna be factors that are out of control. You know, who who else is in the running for the same position, right? Who's on the other end conducting the interview? What type of day are they having, right? Like there's just gonna be these factors that we can't control. But overall, what I would say is that because, you know, I say we, but really, for the most part, let's be honest. I've been a little more active on LinkedIn than my husband, even though I've encouraged him. But but I didn't get right, a chance
0: to see if he's posted. I only saw his tags.
1: Yes, yes. No, he has he has started posting. You know, obviously, this is the pros and cons of being married to a career coach. When you get laid off, you immediately get a long list of to do. Post three times a day. Okay, babe. This is what this is going to look like. And um, he had posted previously, but he was not someone that was posting regularly. But having, you know, showed up regularly on LinkedIn for the last two years and really um, building a community there, um, it was like I had the ability to voice for him on Mm -hmm. his behalf and tell his story. And in doing so, get access to, you know, some conversations and some opportunities and some interviews that he potentially might not have had access to otherwise. And so I always tell my job seekers, what we're looking to do in this is not just, be intentional and strategic with your next career move, but it's how do we set you up for success in your career in the long run and create Mm -hmm. rhythms, right? Mm -hmm. And habits that are going to sustain you so that when, hopefully if, but potentially when the worst case scenario happens, because none of us are immune to it, you're ready, right? You have something to fall back on. You have a community of people, you have a personal brand, you know, you've kind of, you've built that value into it. And in doing so, you're going to get to expedite the process. You get to see the fruit from it, from putting the work in. But like you said, it doesn't happen overnight.
0: No. And, you know, you bring up so many great points that I had with um, Elise Labbit. She mm-hmm. is the CEO of Zivi Media. And she and I were talking about this. And you you made a lot of the same points where building your network is essential. Because yes. if you're not staying in touch or providing value on these platforms and, really broadening out your network, it's really hard to get ahead because as reports show, you know, it really does come down to who you know. But the point that she had made was like, when things don't work out, like your network really becomes your backup plan. It's like, I can lean into them more now.
1: Yes, yes. And I would even argue that it's not just about who you know, it's about who knows you, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows your story? Who knows your value? Who knows, you know, what you bring to the table, who knows your experience and your skills, because when we're known, that's when we get thought of. And that's how we kind of skip, you know, over yeah. this, having to stand in line with everyone else trying to get in the <laughs> front door and we can kind of get in the side door or the back door is by getting known. And LinkedIn you know, a great place for that. I just,
0: it just came to mind, but have you, do you recommend that people um, contribute the LinkedIn recommendations? You like mean if- to- to give yeah, to like you people. know how on the LinkedIn profiles someone'll recommend and write a recommendation for someone? Yeah. Do you actively encourage your clients to pursue receiving those or providing those to others? I do, absolutely. And here's why. Number
1: 1, it's social proof. And we are culturally wired to look for that social proof. We go to Yelp, it's a new restaurant. Let's see what people are saying, right? Is it four stars? Is it three stars? Is it five stars? What is it? We want that social proof. And LinkedIn provides the opportunity for you very easily to get to highlight social proof of who you are, what you've done previously. Right. And people can clearly see your relationship with that person. Um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the beauty of it. So yes. And I also recommend that you provide that social proof for other people, pay it mm-hmm. forward,
0: add value. Yeah, to pay it forward. Yes. I've pay also it forward. heard that, you know, if you are requesting, you shouldn't always give to the same people because then it looks like it was a Who would have known? Like, I don't know how many people are going through to see, oh, well, this was a recommendation. Did they also recommend on theirs? I don't know how many people are doing that digging, but apparently it's not a good idea to have every recommendation also be what you gave other people, right? The same people. I mean, I just traded.
1: No, I know. I know. (laughs) To basically just trade recommendations with someone. Yeah, trade. Thank you. you, I'm sitting here. (laughs) As a former recruiter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Those are things that recruiters pay attention to. And it's part of your brand. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, what do you want to be known for? And if Mm -hmm. you want to be known for someone that genuinely and authentically adds value to other people, then yeah, just surprise someone. Think of someone that, you know, either you managed them on a team or they were a coworker, maybe it's even a former, a former boss. It was a great boss. Go write a recommendation. Don't even tell him you're doing it. I got one in my inbox the other day and it was just, it totally
0: made my day. Oh. Surprised me. It was out of the blue, right? Like those are beautiful things. I did that for Black Friday. I did, this is something that you can do. It's free and you can oh. get, like, you can help people like here, yeah. you know, it's like giving out gifts. Yes. I love that. I love that. That's great. But it was fun. You know, yes. I just gave a few out and yep. You know, it's so encouraging surprising. like people, if you're hearing this, give, give a recommendation. Yeah. Um, but, but the other question I had was um, about pay transparency. Like yes. what um, it's, it's been a hot topic on LinkedIn. So I wanted oh, yeah. to bring it up. Like, where do you stand on pay transparency in, in job posts?
1: Yes. I am a firm believer in pay transparency. Mm -hmm. I think that we are doing a disservice on both ends to not just be upfront with, at least with what the range is. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reason for that, you know, having been a recruiter, the truth is companies have budgets and they have a budget for the role. So they have a, you know, a top where they have to cap it because otherwise it will not work with the budget. Right. And so let's be Mm -hmm. honest about what that
0: is and share the range. So that realistic range, because I've seen jobs where it's like, this'll be between 75,000 and 30, 300,000. And you're like, wait, I'm sorry, wait, 75,000 to (laughs) 300,000. Right. (laughs) What am I getting?
1: (laughs) Right, right. And oftentimes the companies that are doing that, what they're doing is they're showing their range like for their employees in general, not for that specific role. And you're right, like this is not doing anyone any favors. And let's let's just call it what it is. People work for money, right? And ideally they are working at a company that is aligned with their values and they get to thrive and like all of these other things are in place, but it's also for livelihood. And like that's okay. That that's what this is about. I think the same thing about benefits like let's be upfront because otherwise we're just kind of playing this like game of chicken mm-hmm. coming at each other saying who's going to give the number first and yeah it's a whole thing so if your state doesn't have it go to Colorado yeah. look up that role in Colorado and kind of get an idea for what the pay range that's is. that's
0: a good point yeah you know look up where you can find the pay transparency
1: I'm a huge believer in the pay transparency and someday, hopefully we will get there. And I think the companies that get it, really get it. And the ones Mm -hmm. that are doing it with the spirit that it needs to be done. Those are the companies that are going to start thriving even more. The ones that are playing the games with it. Yeah.
0: Not so much. So as I started off, you know, I was saying how we've been, we've been seeing people going through layoffs. You see it more on LinkedIn, I think, than you see on Instagram. You know, if I post about being laid off on Instagram, I get like a few likes. You do it on LinkedIn, you're getting a lot of attention because that's where the community is to support it, right? Layoffs or job promotions, it's all there. So we see it, but I also, but I was wondering, you know, is January typically a strong month for, for people to look for jobs? Like is now really a good time? Are there certain seasons or times of the year yeah, you know, like so, there are with sales.
1: Absolutely. So when I was doing recruiting, this the, there, there really is a natural ebb and flow to the hiring cycles. And historically, traditionally, first quarter, there typically is more hiring that is done mm-hmm. because for a lot of companies, new budgets, right? They have the ability to bring new team members on. Typically, companies and teams are planning for this in advance. So yeah, there does tend to be an uptrend around January, February, March, then there tends to be a dip as we head into summer and summer typically historically has been a lower hiring time. It makes sense. A lot of people take vacations. They step away. Hiring managers aren't looking to bring people on at that time. Yeah. Then September hits. We we go back up. There tends to be another, you know, um, rise in hiring. And then it dips back down towards the holidays. Now, is that always the case for every company? No. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. There are always companies who are hiring at any given point in time. So I always tell people anytime's a good time to job search.
0: So let's talk about what you, you tell people, what are your like three tips that when you're trying to help someone craft their own, their, their career, you tell them.
1: Yeah. So I tell people we have to start at the very beginning. And from what I typically have seen, 99% of job seekers skip the most important part of job searching, and this is some of the stuff that you were speaking to once again at the very beginning of all this, and that's getting clarity around what it is that you really need. Mm
0: -hmm. Most of the
1: time people immediately jump to update my resume, go straight to the job boards and see what's available.
0: And rather,
1: and throw it out there, see what sticks, like throw it like Mm -hmm. spaghetti on the wall, rather than doing the hard like inner work of saying, what are my values? What is it that I really want? right? How am I wired? What do I bring to the table? What's the language around that? Mm -hmm. Because once we have clarity around those things, what it does is it gives us this measuring stick that we then can hold any potential opportunity or company up against and say, is there alignment? And we can very easily and quickly discern if it's there or not. And this is going to save you so much time and energy later on in your job search from pursuing opportunities that aren't going to give you that, right? It's the reason why so many people end up in toxic work environments or in mismatched situations. And it's because Mm -hmm. they haven't done that hard work ahead of time. So I tell people we gotta actually take it all the way back (laughs) and start at the very beginning. It's kind of like if job searching is a marathon, well, we gotta train for the marathon a little, little bit. So it doesn't feel productive in the sense of, you know, traditional job search. But what it's gonna do is it's gonna totally expedite it all for you once you are actually running the marathon. Mm -hmm. So we gotta start there, that's number one. Then I'd say the other two pieces have to do with how do we really access opportunities beyond even just the job boards? Mm -hmm. Because it really is true, all those stats, most of the opportunities available to you never make it to the job board. So if we're so honed in on that, We are totally putting blinders on to all of these other opportunities that potentially could be available to us. And the two ways we do that, number one, is going to be through connection, conversation, relationship, call it networking, right? Call it whatever, whatever you want to call it. But people are the ones that hire people. And so we gotta get in front of people and we gotta get talking with people. And people are also the ones that can give us that information and clarity that we need to know if an opportunity really is gonna give us alignment. If we rely solely on the interview process to do that, everybody's on their best behavior in the interview, right? On both sides of the equation. And that's oftentimes how people end up in situations where they're 30 days in and they're like, I had no idea it was gonna be like this. And it's because they didn't have the chance to really get, you know, a feel for things. And so people are going to give you that clarity, but then they're also going to be able to connect you either to other people that they know or to opportunities that they're aware of, or opportunities coming down the pipeline that haven't even been advertised yet. So it's kind of how we get you out of the game. And then the third piece would be personal branding, right? We've got to, in today's day and age, it's so necessary to have a personal brand when it comes to our career. Mm -hmm. It is the thing that ultimately helps get you known, helps set you apart that allows people to really be able to, to get a feel for, for who you are, what you do, how you do it, right. How you problem solve, how you approach different things, your skill set, like, you know, just the way you think about things. So, um, so yeah. And the personal brand, that's, what's going to carry you. That's what you have to fall back on. And so building that out and being intentional with the story that you're telling of who you are as a professional. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's crucial. Yeah. It's kind of a non-negotiable.
0: Yeah. It is about your network, but it's also about, I would always say, like really honing in on your, your experience and how you can add value. Like you're adding value in, in your community. You need to be adding value in your work community too. You know, it's not just on social media. You need to be providing and having people notice it and, and ensuring that you are someone they can rely on and trust. Right. Yes. Yes. And those are keys, but it, it is hard when you don't know someone, right? So social media is a great way to try to, you know, per- portray who you are yes. in a very, you know, unique way online. Like you could do a video yep. or a post or some yep. something, And at least that's what I would tell people is just do something yes. that really tries to set you apart, but yep. also lets people know who you are. Absolutely. Um, and that's really, I think, pertains to any career or any line of work.
1: Anything. I mean, would you well, agree
0: that it is worth trying to put yourself out there in different ways so that people get to know who you are, even if you're a little funny, like maybe do a little comedic yes. post or? Yes, <laughs> be you, yourself. Yes. You
1: Right, show up as you in whatever way it feels authentic and alignment with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know your personal brand gets to act as this portfolio of yeah. of your work, and so whatever way that you can showcase your value and your skill set and your experience and your strengths as pertains best, of course, to your industry Mm -hmm. and the types of companies and roles that you're going after. You wanna be intentional about that. But this is how people are getting thought of for opportunities. And I think a lot of times people don't realize when they apply for a role, there's already people that are tapped, that are being thought of by that hiring manager or the leadership at that company, or even the recruiter for who might be Mm -hmm. a good fit. And we need to position you to be the person that gets thought of because mm-hmm. that's how we we put you at the front of the line ahead of everyone else. You can have the best resume, the most mm-hmm. amazing cover letter, right? Mm-hmm. Even an outstanding LinkedIn profile sitting there for them, but if you're not one of those people that's being thought of, it's mm-hmm. harder. It's just harder. The mm-hmm. odds are are stacked against you. Not impossible, but harder.
0: And I, I don't know if you agree, but I will also tell people, you know, okay. So say you, you didn't, you wrote an article and you wanted to post about the article. It's better to really not just put a link and say, Hey, I wrote this article. It's better to really pull a quote from the article, a little value from the article and include the article in your post, or maybe even add the article after your post in the comment section. So what, so what do you suggest? You know, there's a lot, you know. I because I'm in the the media and entertainment industry I would hope that people who are listening are also in that in that line of work yeah. and so there could be journalists listening thinking oh I shouldn't just post the link to my article no you shouldn't yeah. but I want to know what your what yeah. your take is on that
1: <laughs> yeah no I couldn't agree with you more right the goal of content creation should be to synthesize and get creative based on you know the LinkedIn platform. How do you want to be connecting with your audience there? And people don't really show up to LinkedIn. This is what I found to be true, at least just to find new articles or new, you know, like resources of things that they need to like read and consume. They're there to connect. Because it's not Twitter. It's not Twitter. It's not. It's totally different. So you have to consider what the audience is. It is called LinkedIn for a reason. They're there to connect with other people. They want to hear from you directly. They don't want to just like hear about an article that you wrote. They want to actually hear from you. So take your article exactly like you named, creatively present it. And then yes, absolutely link, about it, link to it in the comments, right? Mm-hmm. Send them that way. And you will get people that will go read your article, but even more so you will get people that know you and start to trust you and like you based on reading your content.
0: And I will say, you know, when I look at people's content, it now, you know, not just on LinkedIn, I look at people's content across all the boards and I'm thinking, okay, this person isn't as appealing as they may have been in this article because I am now seeing what they're posting on Twitter and I'm like, oh, that's they're just retweeting or I'm over on Instagram and what they're doing there is the same thing they're doing on TikTok and, and LinkedIn and Facebook, you know, to have creativity on each platform is hard and time consuming. I get yes. it but it's your overall brand. And it's important to speak to each platform in its own unique way. Absolutely,
1: yep.
0: Yes. And Twitter (laughs) is, yeah, Twitter, you can post the article. LinkedIn, you can't. Yeah, (laughs) LinkedIn, you can't. Don't just post the article. (laughs) Give us a little something else. (laughs) And so, you know, as I mentioned toward the top, you're one of the top 25 job search experts on LinkedIn in 2022. You started out really, as I said, diving in on LinkedIn and during COVID. So what do you credit to your, to your rise of influence on the job search community in LinkedIn or on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, great question. I would say two things. Number one has to do with consistency, right? Like there is a reality to any social media platform, but especially LinkedIn, that when you consistently show up that's when you get rewarded. And it's not even just about you consistently creating content. It's about you consistently showing up for other people Mm -hmm. in your community. And I'll be honest, I was a LinkedIn lurker for many, many, many years. Truly. I just lurked and lurked and I would consume and I would just use it to source candidates as a recruiter or to, you know, check out the candidates and find out more about them. But I was not contributing to the community. And it was really when I made the decision of, like, okay, it's time to figure out what it means to show up and add value here. And mostly what that has looked like is finding other people that I wanna support, that I wanna cheer on, mm-hmm. that I think create really smart, amazing content and, you know, gleaning from them and um, being able to add to the conversation there. And then taking all of that, right, and starting to translate it into my own content and starting to find my voice that way. But, um, you know, I think the other piece of it too, besides just the consistency, has been the practice of writing and writing on a daily basis. And the Mm -hmm. truth is, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And, you know, you start to learn and pay attention to, okay, these are the types of things that are resonating. These are the things that don't resonate and, and, you know, and, and not to say that you can't be surprised because there's times where I think like, oh, this post, like, this is so good. This is going to be it. And I post it. So and insightful. It's like a total, flop. <laughs> it's total flop. It's a total flop. And then something else, you know, I just write off the cuff and I post it and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was the thing. Like that was the thing no. <laughs> But okay. Okay. You know? And so you just kind of take it and you, you, you learn and then you iterate. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, but the number one thing I think has just been being committed to showing up for other people. Cause then what happens is they show up for you in return and it's beautiful, just like mutual cycle of giving and adding value that takes place. And I think it's what makes LinkedIn so unique from any other social media platform. It's I agree just- because, you know,
0: if I see a job now that I don't want, but I think maybe people in my network might. I will comment because I know if I comment, yes. they may yes. see it in their in their feeds. And that yes. to me to is all about that conversation building right there. Because then someone Absolutely. will see it and say, oh, thanks. Like, this is great. And I get a DM and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, like it does work. Yeah really it does work mm-hmm. and you know those impressions
1: while it might feel like you know oh my number isn't as high as other people's right like i only got 200 impressions on that post but i like to remind people is google like 200 people and then click image and look at that look at a auditorium full of hundreds of people and those mm-hmm. are the people that you're impacting and as long as like your mindset is is the goal is just to even impact one person right? Like you're going to be amazed at how that starts so, to grow, and grow. Now you're
0: saying with your posts and, you know, be consistent. You're, you're there quite a bit, you know, your posts yeah. are lengthy. How do you yeah. come up with that much detail on a regular basis? Do you have a calendar? Like, how do you organize yourself?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I used to, when I first
0: started, I was yeah. very structured. I tend
1: to be more type A. And that was really helpful for me especially with just kind of tracking um for myself like you know what is getting traction or what resonates with people and as i thought about my target audience and who i was talking to what language are they resonating with and trying things out um so i tracked it pretty religiously i would say that probably shifted around like maybe last may or so
0: i went a little bit
1: more i was finding that I I was having ideas coming to me, you know, just more like when I'm at the park with my kids or I'm out on a run or, you know, in the shower. like, yeah, I know all these things are cheesy, but like I was getting my best inspiration there. And so I just kind of started keeping on the note app in my phone, like mm. here's an idea. And then when it was time for me to sit down and write, I would just kind of read through my ideas and say, okay, which one do I want to write about? And then just kind of being a little bit more in the moment. So my process has totally shifted since I first began. and. I like to encourage people. The beauty of this is there is no one size fits all. There's trying. And if it doesn't work, trying something different. And oh, that did work. So I'm going to like keep doing it that way. I'm going to iterate and figuring out what works for you. And there's different seasons too for content creation. See, I feel like what you
0: offer though, could also translate into like a sub stack. Hmm.
1: Because yeah, I feel I like you
0: that. provide a lot of value, and this is just my own observation, but yeah, you, I appreciate that you're putting so much into it. You know, there's even yeah. even posts that are very timely. You know, news news hits, and you you've got a post, you know that's related. But if you were to have, and this is you know totally shooting shooting the shit here. <laughs> i love it i love it (laughs) i honestly think you could you should probably start a Substack. you know have you thought about a blog or a or like writing like a tip book yeah
1: i have thought about the blog thing i do technically have have a blog on my website but it has like you know four articles on it i think (laughs) that's why i'm like (laughs) i know (laughs) i know i know i know it's not a real blog i know it's not the same Call me out. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same. But then you can monetize. Yeah. No, you bring up a really good point. So yeah. Things that, that Caitlin needs to be mulling (laughs) over. I I know what LinkedIn has done for me is it has affirmed for me. I have always loved writing and I've never had the, the chance really to fully scratch that itch in any professional role I've held. And Mm. LinkedIn has finally been a place where I've, I've gotten to, you know, uh, finally not like just scratch coffee. it, but grow in it. I know, I know it's, and it sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. And yeah, but that's great. That is good food for thought for me. And you're probably right. It's probably time to take it to, to the next I mean, you level. Could. You two. have,
0: you have the, I mean, I, I think you have the following and the support and you could do something like that. And maybe, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but you, you'll be tracking it. So I'm right. sure you'll figure that out quickly. Yes. <laughs>
1: But I mean, so I feel the tracking. same way about
0: Instagram. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm one of those people who was late to Instagram, but I love, 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 love creating reels. I really enjoy it. Mm. But I have mm. always been a photographer where I would take pictures of my kids, my family, never myself. Right. So over the last you know few years, I've been putting myself in front of the camera more. And it's so weird but now I'm trying to do reels with myself. And, yeah. you know, there's this there's this line of, you wanna be professional, right? You wanna look as professional mm-hmm. as possible, but you also yeah. wanna try to catch in with the wave or the trend. So it makes it really hard, but it's very fun. So I understand what, you know, the feeling you must have yes. when you get to write yes. a good LinkedIn post and you get good, you know, support on it. You're like, yeah, like that's, yeah. it's a good feeling. <laughs> It
1: is. It's such a good feeling. And everyone deserves to get to like find their thing for whatever that is. Right. And you named it, no
0: mm-hmm. matter
1: what motor medium works for you, find it and then just lean into it. And that's you building your personal brand.
0: And on that note, you had made a prediction that the future of job searching in 2023 belongs to those who build, this is a quote, belongs to those who build their personal brand online. And you've offered some great tips. Are there any other thoughts that you want to include in this podcast that are worth saying um, before we wrap up?
1: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I always love to say anytime I do a podcast or you know have the chance to speak is I really do believe that every single person that is listening to this deserves to thrive in their career. And if you are not thriving right now, You gotta fight for it and do whatever it takes to make it happen because it's possible and because you deserve it, you really do. So whatever that looks like for you to craft that career, so you get to thrive, do it. But um, I 1000% agree with that prediction just because I've seen this play out too many times now for too many job seekers. One of the best ways that you can bring it to fruition is through building your personal brand and showing up with purpose and with intention on LinkedIn and creating content there. It really will be a game changer.
0: Promise. (laughs) (laughs) And how can people connect with you and learn more about your business?
1: Yes. Find me on LinkedIn. Shoot me a message saying that you, you heard me on this podcast. I would love the chance to just get to hear your story a little bit, hear about your career, what's going on for you. Let's be
0: friends. Come, come hang out with me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. And again, her website, she has, um her her business is called Crafted Career. And is it craftedcareer.com? It's www.acraftedcareer.com. Thank you. At least you get that in. And it's also going to be in the description of the podcast. So make sure you check out her website. You can also find her on LinkedIn, as she mentioned. And um, I'm really glad you could join us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. This was such, so much fun. Such a privilege.